Welcome to Well Played Podcast, the show on all things playful and joyous in education. I'm your host, Michael Matera, sixth grade teacher, author, and presenter. Just a quick reminder for everyone to go check out Hive Summit. It's starting on August 1st. It's free PD for educators. We got nine great presenters there sharing out ideas and coming up, leading up to the event, we're putting out last year's nine presenters. You can watch those videos through these honey drops we're sending. In fact, one is going out this week. And so really, we would love to have all of you at the Hive Summit. So go to hivesummit.org and sign up for this free PD. All right, now let's get down to today's episode, episode 118. Very excited about this topic. Uh, this one, uh, Melissa and I are going to be talking about collaborative games. And this is Melissa's first time on Well Played. We have like tried to make this happen a few times. And here we are. I'm excited to have you on. So Melissa, can you give yourself a, a kind of an introduction here? Oh, uh, so I teach at uh, Valentine High School, which is a really small rural school in Nebraska. And we have about 200 students, 912. And to give you an idea of how rural it is, we're about two hours from Walmart. Wow. If Walmart hasn't made it closer than a two hour sort of perimeter to you, that's woo. Right. Right. So, um, the kids here were, were pretty isolated, definitely used to doing a lot of driving, but they're good kids. I teach just juniors and seniors in the school, English language arts. And this year, um, I'm also doing a little tech integration slash PD slash whatever mentoring supervisor teachers. Yeah, whatever I can fit into that one period, I get a gift period from the principal. So I'm excited to kind of take that on and see what's going to happen from it. Well, like I said, I'm super excited to have you on. Uh, Melissa has done all sorts of things with sort of gamification and game-based learning and has presented. I have seen her at uh, Summer Spark present another Absolutely. conference you guys should check out. Oh, uh, got it. You got to go to Summer Spark. Summer Spark is amazing. It's here in Milwaukee at, in June. So check that out this coming year. And you will probably see both of us there again. Mm -hmm. So, like I said, super excited to have you. Today's topic that we were sort of diving in was uh, Melissa's idea here. This idea of using collaborative games and some of the mechanics that come with them uh, in, in both our classrooms. And I'm sure through this episode you'll find some good games that you might have to add to your Amazon list. Uh, sorry about that. little disclaimer. Uh, this this episode may cost you money in the end. <laughs> Almost promised that it will cost you money. Yeah. So you should probably get kickbacks from Amazon for this one. That would be that'd be nice. That'd be really nice. So all right. So everyone <laughs> we're we're talking about these collaborative games. Collaborative games were I don't know, probably like four or five years ago. That was kind of a new genre in board games. It really hadn't been done, at least in a big way. None of them took on, took off. There might have been some ones I don't know about, but really, uh, the game Pandemic, I think, is the game that really brought mm -hmm. collaborative gaming to the space. And just a quick kind of definition 
if you want to give one to what collaborative board games or card games are kind of like what it well i i guess my definition would be instead of individuals competing against each other and there was only one winner instead everyone's working as a team and then as a team you either win or you lose to the game itself so it's just kind of more of a, a boss battle type thing than it is of individuals trying to beat each other yeah, so like the game itself is the player that you're you're sort of up against, and the game is going to be constantly sort of throwing stuff at you that you as a as a collaborative team have to sort of defeat or overcome or solve these puzzles, however you kind of want to view it. Uh, right. But the, very popular and can be incredibly fun. So I mentioned Pandemic already. Pandemic being this like board game where there's disease breaking out over the United States is the original. Or no, sorry, the world. Mm -hmm. My bad. The world. Right. And you're you're these different people that work for the Center for Disease Control. And you're going around and like kind of almost putting out these disease fires throughout the world. And the and the game is just relentlessly (laughs) spreading more and more disease. And it produces like Ah, like there's there's a bit of heart palpitations that go with these games because it's like you feel the pressure of having to do 10 things on your turn and really having to map out. And I think this is what as teachers we probably love you have like to be successful. You have to sort of talk with everybody else and and hear what cards they have, what they could do and sort of map out the best play for your turn. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think, um, and Matt Farber talks about this a lot, and I think Pandemic does it well. I mean, not just that collaboration, but, and you've touched on it, the whole systems thinking of thinking of the causation of if I do this, and then this is going to happen, and seeing how everything works, that there are no isolated events. And I, you know, then you take that types of type of thinking into other aspects of the classroom in the world. And that's a type of thinking that it's, it's hard to achieve outside of games. Yeah. The game gives us that sort of goal, that sort of purpose to like have a meaningful collaborative experience. Like, right. There is the immediacy of the game. The rules of the game are in play and it gives us, Mm -hmm. it's weird to use this term, but it gives us a more authentic reason (laughs) to collaborate, which it's silly to sort of say that because it's an inauthentic experience. It's a board game, but you know, it gives us the rules, like the reason, right? The impetus mm-hmm. to the collaboration. And so pandemic was, ah, like I said, that was probably like, I don't know the exact release date on that, but it's a while. It's been over a while. So there since then, has been kind of an explosion of other collaborative games. And what's one that like right now you kind of have been enjoying and, and might use in your classroom? <laughs> well, my my current addiction right now that I really like is one, the one that I played or learned to play at your dining room table, which was The Mind. Oh, and I love The Mind. It's, it's such a simple premise of... Everyone just has a set well, of walk us walk cards. us through the walk us through the game a little bit because other you and I could probably jam about this, but let's make sure the others kind of get it. 
All righty. So the idea with the mind is you have different rounds. In the first round, everyone has one card from the deck. And the deck is a deck of one to 100, literally just the numbers. And the goal is that everyone, all of the players need to lay those numbers down in ascending order. But there is no verbal communication at all. So you have to be able to kind of gauge and feel out your partners and kind of set up some sort of nonverbal communication of figuring out who's going to have the next card. And, you know, there's some little saving cards to help you out where you get a second try or, you know, a few extra things to the game. But in essence, it's just putting the cards in order, but you mentioned heart palpitations. And yes, I mean, you get heart palpitations because you don't know what that next card is going to be that someone lays down and you're just praying that it's going to be the right one. I love it. I When I usually tee up that game and sort of tell people, hey, I have a game we can try. One, it is incredibly small, so you can kind of like bring it with you. It's super easy. But two the thing I always sort of tee up is ah, like, it's not, it's not really a game. It's more of an experience. Mm-hmm. And, and as you kind of describe, there's this like weird energy is the best way I can describe it. Like you're all holding his hands like and then round one, you, you each have one card by round, you know, and then each round you get one more. So round five, round six, you're all holding five or six cards. And there, there's this, unconscious almost timing that's going on like you're almost people are kind of thinking well like somebody should have played one one through five by now i'm sitting here with an eight like how much time how much time do i wait like is the six or seven does no one have it and somebody else is thinking the same thing and they might be have they might have like 10 or 12 or 15 and they might feel like they've given enough time but i'm sitting there holding the nine like, do I play it? Do mm-hmm. I mm, has the and then all of a sudden they play the fifteen and you're like, no, like I had zah, ah ah, oh. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. It, it it is that emotional experience. Now I can't think of what the term is for that emotional experience, but the mind does that so well. Of that, that same thrill is when the Jenga tower falls. It's that same feeling, and everyone has that together. And I think that's what's so great about collaborative games is that everyone's on that roller coaster together and not just their own separate roller coasters. It's, I don't know, it's crazy. And it does have that rewarding sense. Like every round, even if I don't win the overall game, because you have to get to such a level depending on how many players. But even have like the end, ever? have I ever won? Ah, I feel like I've won once, but that might not be true. <laughs> You've, wanted, I, you've imagined what it has felt like. Yeah, like I feel like I did, but I don't know. It, it's, uh, it's a really good game, a lot of fun, easy to teach, a lot of that sort of energy, a lot of like hooting and hollering moments in between rounds when it was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe, wow, we did it or we didn't do it or whatever the case may be. A lot of fun and relatively inexpensive game, so a good one that you could pick up for the classroom 
Yeah, I think or... I picked up I picked up the two decks and they were each ten dollars. I keep one in my purse, like you said, it's small. Um, yep. But I, yeah, I'm really excited to use it at the beginning of the school year just as a team building thing because, like you said, it's that emotional togetherness and if we want to make our kids feel like they truly belong, we need to create experiences for them. And there's games no are... greater experience than an emotional experience. Yeah. And games are better. such a good way. You know, like I, I say in the intro that this is, you know, about sort of bringing joy into education in our lives. And obviously I think games are a great way to do just that. I, I absolutely love what they bring to the table. No pun intended. Uh, so, all right. So we have the mind, we have pandemic, and I am going to give a short shout out here at the, if, if any of you actually watch these videos or if you want to comment on these podcasts, all of them are sort of dual posted. You can get it in all of your podcast areas, but my YouTube channel has the video version of this and it's a great place to sort of curate that conversation. So if you want to like chime into the conversation, you want to share a good game that you want all of us to know about, put it in the comment on the YouTube channel. This is episode 118 and I'm going to, I'm going to try this. We'll see. I'll actually post links down below in the description to all of these board games. So if you're nervously trying to jot them down, check out the YouTube and you can get direct links to these games. So, all right. So we have the mind, we have pandemic. Let's, 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 uh, let's, let's hear some other ones. Uh, I have one I used with my students that I'm kind of excited to share. It's called magic maze. Ooh. Ooh, do tell, do tell. If you like the mind, I think you'll enjoy the magic maze. So it's a modular board, which means, you know, it's like, you're going to set it up differently every time you play it. Uh, and the theme is, it's kind of ridiculous. You're these four sort of classic adventurers, you know, like a barbarian, a mage, these kind of things, right? There's four of them that doesn't really matter. I mean, the theme's kind of pasted on you're in a mall and you, you've all lost your like special items. So you need to like go through the mall to find like, oh, sorry. You sort of flip over these tiles. So you, you, you start on one tile and we don't know what the next tile is. So like, I'm not certain where my ax is, right? So like we have to kind of get through this stack of tiles so that I can find my missing ax. But here's, here's the twist. The, each of these tiles have like little squares on them where we move our little pawns that represent us. Mm -hmm. But in front of all of us are arrows. So we, we get assigned one arrow. I can only move pieces to the left. You can only move, move pieces forward. Somebody else can only move them backwards. Ooh. Right, right. And right. we can move we can move any piece. Like so I, I shouldn't really say that I'm the barbarian. It doesn't really matter. Like we need to get these four adventurers through the mall, find their items, and get out of the mall before time runs out. And nice. and we can't like again, like we we can I can only move things left or whatever I said, right? And mm -hmm. I, I got to like get you to understand like, Hey, I just moved the red piece three spaces to the left. Now, like, Hey, I need you to move them forward to like go up those stairs. Cause like, see, but here's the yeah, last yeah. twist. I didn't tell you. We can't talk. Ooh. <laughs> there is a piece that I can lay in front of you, like a separate piece to get your attention. 
but that's um, all I can do. So I can be like, I might put it in front of you, then move the guy three spaces and maybe you'll be like, oh, okay, yeah, I get what he wants. Sometimes mm -hmm. you forget to do that. So after I've already moved the guy three pieces, I can put it in front of you. But, yeah. but then you're like staring at the board, like, what does he want me to do? And the game does a really good job. It tells you like a way to set up the board once to, to like learn, like they, there's kind of these levels. And eventually after mm -hmm. you do these levels, you can just play random. You can just mix all these things in. But what it does is each level teaches you a new function of the game. So it nicely rolls out. There are all these other challenges right. like security cameras and other things that you have to like avoid and pay attention to and guards and but it doesn't throw all that at first it's just like here's kind of the basic let's see if you can get through them all right. um and then it does this other interesting fun thing with this timer there are spots on the board where you can it's a i think it's a five minute timer and once that mm -hmm. runs out the game's over but there are spots on the board where you can flip the timer so the sand timer like hey you know like it was five minutes about three minutes went by and we flipped it so now we have three more minutes ish, but again, you can't talk and you're not able to take in all this information. You're not sitting there patiently thinking it through like you are pandemic. So what has happened sometimes is there's only like 15 seconds left on the timer. I go to flip the timer. Sweet. We have like five minutes left, but you go somewhere else on the board to flip the timer. So now it flips back and now we only have like 20 seconds. <sighs> And you're like, oh. <laughs> like, like, and all these little funny zany wow. things happen, but it's just good collaboration. It doesn't take long. It's super fun. Uh, and again, relatively cheap. I want to say it's like low twenties to buy that game. Oh, well, that's not bad at all. Okay. Well, so there's another one. I've got to check for my Amazon list, but it, and it does sound quite a bit like if the mind and five minute dungeon got married, then it would, that would be, be it. Magic yeah. maze. We we have we have figured out the like genealogy of magic maze. That's totally it. Uh, well, but you mentioned another collaborative one, Five Minute Dungeon. Uh, this is another great one. You guys yeah, should all check but, out. High energy. John Spike was the one who introduced me to it because he was having pre-service teachers play it, um, kind of as their introduction to games, and he had a lot of success especially with the people who weren't maybe super into games, but they really enjoyed five minute dungeon because of how collaborative it was, you know? So I, th I think it might be one of those good gateway type games to get started with, but that's another one. I, I have not tried that one in my classroom. I don't know if you have or not. I have not tried it. Like, like it's not attached to any sort of curriculum or anything, but I have mm -hmm. played it with my students because it's so quick. So it is loud, though. It produces a lot yes. of like, so you can't necessarily like just put this in the back of a study hall room and say like, hey, play. Uh, yeah. But as an advisor, kids get there early in the morning. They don't have to be super silent. This is a great little thing to sort of throw down uh, mm -hmm. and have people play. I will sort of say one caveat to that. You do need an app to sort of play it. It it works with a. I shouldn't say an app. You need a timer. Timer. You yeah. need a timer. The app happens to just have some like funny sound effects that go with it, but you do need a five minute timer. So, if your classroom has that, then you can throw it down. I always had to sort of let the students sort of borrow my phone in that moment, and that's 
It's always a bit of a like. I hope you make wise choices. Okay. <laughs> uh, yes. Moment. But it is a really good one. Check it out. It truly takes. There are some characters that can pause time, but it it, it definitely takes less than ten minutes to play the game, and mm-hmm. and that's always good for the classroom. Uh, yeah, some I of the, think. I mean, there the, is a little bit of you. It's not like the mind where you can kind of jump in. I mean, there is just a little bit of a learning curve to it. But once you got that, but I would still say this is on. this is on the easier side, though. It's a it's oh, kind yeah. of matching symbols. Like a boss will come up, yeah. and it'll have like three circles on the bottom, like a red one, a yellow one, and another yellow one. And now we have cards that are like red cards, yellow cards. We as a table have to throw down those matching symbols and then move to the next like card. So then we flip another one from the kind of bad deck and now we have to match that. Um, so, I mean, like relatively easy to grasp. And and to be honest, mm-hmm. I have sort of thrown kids in. Oh, okay. Like I almost don't explain it. Like as long as one or two people in the group know it, and the other kids are like, well, I don't get it. Like, it was just like, it doesn't matter. Like, so <laughs> I guess to be honest, I set them up for failure a little bit, but it's a five minute game. So like they'll get it in like three seconds when their friends yelling, I'm like, do you have a red card? Put a red card down. And then like, they're like, and Oh, like, right. I got it. They get it. They'll lose because there wasn't, a... but then they'll instantly smile at you and say like, can we play it again? And you're like, yes, it was five minutes. <laughs> like, so that, that is pretty much how I teach that one again, as long as, one or two people know the rules to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, another good one that I have played in class is called Fuse. Fuse yeah. is, I think that's another five-minute game. They're they're diffusing bombs. There's like these, but it's just with dice. They're like you flip so many cards. I don't remember. There's like five cards in front of you, and they mm-hmm. have these like things you have to sort of achieve with dice. So. There might be color combinations you have to deal deal with. It would actually be good in like a, forgive me, I'm not a math teacher, but whenever you sort of teach like greater than, less than sort of concepts, they because there's a lot of them that it's like you have to go, like the first die has to be smaller than the second die, which has to be smaller than the third die, but it doesn't define what it is. So like you could start with a four, but then it's like, oh, then you need a five and a six. Right, you could uh-huh. start with a one, and then the middle one could be a four. Then, right? It's so there's five or six, right? Right. Some of them have a number and color combination, so it's like it has to get ascending, and the first one has to be red, the second one has to be yellow, right? So there's all these different cards, and then there's this black bag. I kind of love this element. There's this black bag, and I don't remember off the top of my head how many you get to pull off, like, but it might be like five dice or something. But you have to pull them all in one. And if you don't pull exactly five, you have to throw back what you got and like pull some more. So like there's this time element there where like, ah, like I I grabbed seven dice instead of five dice. Well, this is slowing us down. We only have five minutes to do all this stuff. Like, oh, I can't remember. You might be able to pull less than five, but it's like if you go over five. So you could slowly pull one. I think that's it. You could slowly pull one at a time. Or you could try to like gr- grab five, but if you miss, so you're wasting there's time. There's a little dexterity in there as well as a little bit. Well, some of them too actually have where you have to like stack the die a certain way. So it's like there needs mm. to be two two fours on the base, then it needs to be like 
ascending like one through three up and if it falls over like you don't like lose the dice running but you are spending time like re putting them back on right gotcha uh, and five minutes and again that super pressure cooker kind of a fun one well and i i think those five minute games i'm a real fan of those as opposed to the longer ones because there's something that you can do quickly I mean, whether it's study hall or in the classroom or whatever, you can iterate again and again and again, especially if you have some kind of learning attached to that. And I I almost prefer those over longer games just because you can keep moving through and then kids get that second, third, fourth, fifth chance to succeed. For the, for the classroom hands down, like anything, I mean, 20 minutes is almost the max, like... Uh-huh for a for a classroom game unless you're really thoughtfully like connecting it to your curriculum uh so i would 100 percent agree i think some of the other ones that i might give quick shout outs to that are fun collaborative games but they're probably more either for a game club like an after school activity mm-hmm. or possibly your own dining room table i really have enjoyed the game mysterium i don't know if you've i was gonna yes i was gonna mention that I'm glad you did. Yeah, Mysterium's this like one player. I mean, kind of like a lot of games, like apples to apples or something, right? Like one player's the judge. This is like that, except we don't rotate the judge. Like Mysterium, Mm -hmm. one of you have been murdered is the storyline. So I'm like the ghost. And I'm trying to communicate to you how I got murdered. And there's these like various levels you have to go through. Like location like where it was at like and there's these cards laid out that depict the location so they're each game's a little different there might be like five or six location cards out and i have to get you to pick the right location there might be five or six weapons and i gotta get you to pick the right weapon but the only way that i'm able to communicate with all of you is through very beautiful artwork like there's just this deck of tons of artwork and all i can do is like and they don't perfectly match like what you're playing too so it's like ah like i was murdered in the library i like the maybe the best card i have to give you is literally like a picture of a forest and i'm hoping you make the stretch that like books are made from paper paper is made (laughs) from like trees like it, it can be that thin but like i'm hoping like all i can do is pass you these pictures and hope that you are thinking the same way I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not allowed to speak. It's just from the the, the pictures past, and it, it just produces interesting conversations. I love being the guy, like the ghost, because it's so fascinating to hear the whole team. The whole team will discuss. You guys can all talk. So all of you might be like, "Well, he passed me this like green card. Is it because it's a forest, or is it because it's green? Because look, oh, in the study, like the chair's green." And you're like, crap, yeah. like in your head, you're like, I know that's not why I passed it to her, but I can't say that. To, like, like, you know, and you're like, they start to make connections. You didn't, you didn't mm-hmm. even notice. And you're like, oh, darn, that was super fun. And I would definitely check it out. Uh, and, you know, and that reminds me of the game Decrypto. Is that right? Yes, I love Decrypto. Yeah. I mean, and Big I guess fan. it's not purely collaborative, but you... It's collaborative in the sense that you play as a team against another team. So there is some kind of collaboration. It's competitively collaborative. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you're right. You have like a, you have a much stronger sense. Of, <laughs> excuse me. You have a much stronger sense of team in that one. 
because you are definitely working together with your side for sure. Uh, yeah. So I can't really believe it. I, I, oh, I actually, that's not true. I can can totally believe it. You know, what's coming. It is reflection time. Uh, It just flies by, especially when we're talking about games for me. Like, I love it. So I feel like there's going to be, I'll just sort of tell everybody there's going to have to be a follow-up on this with, uh, I think I'm going to do a, a YouTube video of collaborative games because this is just a great topic. There's so much more we didn't touch on. So uh, look for that sort of follow-up to come. Good. Good. I'm and excited to watch it now. Melissa, thank you so much for being on Well Played. Finally, this will not be your last stop. This is merely the first first episode that you're with uh, the Well Played community. Uh, and everybody definitely like check out Melissa uh, on Twitter. I know you can get her Twitter handles at M P I L A K O W. And so definitely uh, follow her on Twitter. I got mixed up there with my social media. I was like, definitely subscribe. I'm like, no, that's YouTube <laughs> blanking. Yeah. So thank you very much for being on the show. That's awesome. Oh, to have thank you. you. So, all right. We're going to go to reflection time. I feel like this really fits today's topic really well. Um, It comes from Sir Ken Robbins. I think we've all heard of him. Here we go. You ready? Mm -hmm. I'm ready. Most great learning happens in groups. Collaboration is the stuff of growth. How does that hit you today? Oh, Absolutely. I think especially um, in my last semester, you know, having started another round of grad classes, so much I learn is from coming up with an idea, but then other people just building on to that idea and making me see perspectives that I never considered before. And, you know, just kind of those mind blowing moments of how much richer my thinking is when I share it with other people and then they give me feedback on it so much more fruitful, I guess, when it's collaborative. Yeah. I think about how like there's that saying, like the smartest person in the room is the room itself. Like, Oh yeah. Right. Like we come to such better ideas in a, collaborative sort of environment and mode but you have to sort of come with that right attitude i will i will share with everyone that my my good friend says that i am collaboratively decisive and it is so true i i have this need to like hear what other people think that does not mean i'm gonna like just do their idea but hearing Mm -hmm. your idea hearing somebody else's take it may perfectly aligned and I may like do exactly what you say or it just might be like sweet I've heard these four or five people and I value these four or five people's opinions and it helps me Mm -hmm. shape and create my decision and but like I feel like much better about the decisions I make Uh, I feel like people have already like my friends the people that are like I'm running these ideas by have already pushed Mm -hmm. back on like what might be the problem with that idea (laughs) right Mm -hmm. but and, and sometimes I'm like, yep, and I know that, and I'm I'm good with that. But, like, at least I, I got to hear that and hear what the other side might say. 
and then get to get to move forward. So collaboratively decisive for me is like important. It's important to hear from others. And I think it gives you a more well-rounded sort of opinion. And, and this quote to me sort of speaks to that, that like, that's where the learning happens. Like I'm getting pushed back because I'm asking people for their opinions. Uh, mm -hmm. And it makes me think through my decisions more. And I don't know, like that's, yeah. I think that's where growth happens when we think through, through things. And I think that, and I think it's scary too. And I, it, it's hard because you have to be willing to be vulnerable to do it. And as a young teacher, I didn't do that nearly enough because you know, teaching can be just really isolating. And I think that's why Twitter is so great, but you're in that classroom alone all day and you really have to reach out and be willing to put yourself out there and take that risk and the rewards from it are great. But those first steps to do that are scary. hundred percent. So again, thank you so much for being part of the show, Melissa. It was awesome having you here. Well, thank you. Such a good time. I can't believe that time went by so fast. It does. It does. Everyone else, thank you guys for listening and learning and playing with us today. Again, check out the information on the YouTube, episode 118. I'll have the links to those games on there. Also, uh, just a reminder to sign up for Hive Summit that's coming up. So, love to have you there. That's hivesummit.org. And as always, just connect and share your ideas on my YouTube channel. I love hearing from all of you guys. We're kind of changing the world together, building a better space for our kids and ourselves. So post on there, enjoy your week and play on. <laughs>